0: This podcast is presented by SoCalREN, the Southern California Regional Energy Network. We're a collection of local governments that come together to promote energy efficiency programs for residents, businesses, and public agencies. Welcome to re Communities, your connection to conversations about energy efficiency that can help you influence change at home, at work, and in your community. Thanks so much for joining us. In today's episode, our host, Chris Ford, welcomes Kaisa Hendrickson, a project manager for the Solar on Multifamily Affordable Housing Program, or SOMA. She'll discuss how the unique program will deliver clean power, financial credits, and other benefits to hundreds of thousands of California's affordable housing residents. Let's get started.
1: So, Kaiser, we're so excited to have you here today. Could you give us a little background on what SOMA does and your role with the program?
2: First and foremost, at SOMA is a really unique program compared to a lot of other state-funded programs. It's pretty much the first of its kind and it's really focusing on getting solar onto multifamily affordable housing, but using an equity approach and looking at it in kind of a 360 perspective of how do you use solar to boost economic development, um, address environmental injustices and create collaborative community change. It was created for environmental justice community as well as with environmental justice communities. So community-based organizations um, were involved in the bills initially that were proposed to get this kind of program designed, as well as the entire design and development of the program. COMA is an exciting output of of a cap-and-trade program. So the California greenhouse gas auctions are where the proceeds for the program come from. So our $100 million per year, About 90% of that goes toward directly towards the incentive, 10% goes towards administrative budgets. None of this is taxpayer or ratepayer funding, this is all coming from those, those greenhouse gas auctions. It is an all nonprofit administration team, and it is one single administrator throughout the entire state. Unlike a lot of programs that may have a different administrator by utility territory or by county, we have one email address, one phone number throughout the entire state that everyone can get directed to. And that's one of the the components of equity, where the program is designed to remove barriers to people who have traditionally not benefited from solar. Its goal is to increase solar adoption on multifamily, where most people might be familiar with California's FAST Solar Incentive Program. Those have really been designed to get the entire market moved towards solar and, and increase solar adoption. What SOMA is designed to do is actually fill a gap where traditional incentive programs have completely missed large portions of the population. Solar is traditionally on more affluent, single-family, Caucasian homes, so getting it onto multifamily, particularly low-income or environmental justice communities is a really good way for us to be filling in that gap. It is a 300-megawatt goal set by the program, and if you are familiar with SOMA's predecessor, which that program was a 35 megawatt or a little over 30 megawatt goal. So SOMA is substantially more ambitious. And that is a goal that we have set for 2030.
1: You covered so many important things there. And and one that really stands out is for multifamily housing. How do you encourage a tenant to want solar when they they may not be there for very long and they they don't have a vested attachment to that property? And then on the flip side, how do you encourage a a property owner or management group to add solar if they don't see a value in rent or attracting tenants or property value itself? So could you tell us a little bit more about how SOMA really addresses that need with the the program's design?
2: So the ways that it's designed or is is designed to address that first is by... um, a split incentive where 49% of the program's incentive funding can go towards common areas. So, the property owner sees financial benefit from it. 51% of the solar system and its incentive has to go directly to tenants. It does require that we only work on properties that have what's called virtual net metering, which means that each individual unit has its own bill, but that means that they all get direct financial benefits from the solar. We also added a few other things that are really designed to sweeten the pot on both sides. We do a tremendous amount of property owner support through the entire process, and there's actually two different ways that they can come into the program, either on their own or if they met a contractor in advance. Either way, we walk them through technical assistance, energy efficiency, how to kind of maximize their system and provide all of that additional support. The property owner are required to work with tenants on understanding what the solar is that's happening, why it's it's being built on the property, the benefit to their bill. And that combination really helps keep tenants engaged and property owners seeing enough of the benefit. Actually, two additional components to it as well. One of which is that we have required job training on SOMA. So for every single project, there has to be job trainees and we work with contractors to help support that. But the contractor hire from job training organizations or they can hire from the tenants on site. So we and we strongly encourage contractors to hire tenants from the properties that they're actually installing
1: on. That's a really interesting and important dynamic that that you guys have built into the goals of the program. So thinking about that community impact aspect, you, know, you mentioned the disproportionate amount of of renewables installed in affluent and Caucasian neighborhoods uh, and facilities. Can you tell me a little bit more about how environmental justice? factors into your work and into the way the program is is implemented in these communities?
2: In, in terms of how environmental justice comes into to the program, those are the key populations that we're wanting to help or, or that the program is designed for populations that are going to be feeling the biggest impacts of climate change and that have the least amount of access to renewable energy and to energy efficiency measures. What we've done since the program was designed was continued both our CBO partnerships as well as a feedback loop. Regarding the CPO or community-based organizations, we work with five that are members of our staff on our program, and those are self-help enterprises, Communities for a Better Environment, the Environmental Health Coalition, the California Environmental Justice Alliance, and then the Asian Pacific Environmental Network. We've partnered with them since the, the program came off in 2019, and the role that they play is keeping in contact with the communities that the program's designed for and making sure that they are feeding back to us when the program is or is not meeting the goals that we set it out for, particularly like over the last year with the pandemic, given the the changing circumstances, here's where SOMA is not meeting the needs of the communities or here's where communities are really feeling hurt from the pandemic and here's how we can assist SOMA to better address their goals. That feedback loop that we've created with our CBOs them being our ear to the ground of what's really happening and how effective the program is, is one of the biggest parts of environmental justice to the program, but also that component of job training, of tenant education, and of making sure that the solar is something that's happening with tenants and not happening to them. Trying to address the traditional environmental injustices by creating jobs, creating new opportunities in installing solar.
1: Would you care to share some of your experience, your best practices for how to build those relationships, how to work across different different goals for different organizations to achieve the maximum positive result for these communities that need this help?
2: For some of the, the basic components, we do a request for proposals for, as part of the program. So a lot of the CBOs that we work with were involved either in the inception or some of the design of Soma, but we do do this request for proposals and have different community-based organizations that have within their proposal, so how to work with SOMA and kind of what they could do. And then we we recontract and that process also, or that there's a financial component to it. In some areas, I know that there have been programs that set up and consumed the support of community-based organizations without really focusing on the fact that they are organizations that need to keep themselves functioning as well. So we have formal contracts with our community-based organizations. They are paid because they are doing work on behalf of the program ranges from working with tenants to property owners to the student general overall outreach and marketing, as well as, as creating that feedback for us. That has worked really well for us to have that proposal process, but just this very close partnership of understanding what the CBOs are looking for and also understanding the communities that they work in. The five that we have represent five different regions of California and what we've Come to discover over the last year is that even with those five community-based organizations, there's still huge chunks of California that we're really not getting access to or that we don't have expertise in or people on the ground with. So, we're actually creating a second tier of community-based organization partners that we have put out the request for proposals and are still in the process of selecting that second tier. And those ones will be a slightly smaller contract. They won't be quite the, the partnership that we have, but they'll also be doing work on the ground in additional communities throughout California working for SOMA, promoting SOMA, but also working with community leaders and different groups to understand why SOMA matters, working with tribal leaders and other entities to really help people see the benefit of a program like this, especially in areas where there may not be traditional government or state programs. So in terms of getting in tests with different CBOs, that's been a big process of having specialists on our team who know the community-based organizations in California, who are very well integrated and can kind of get the word out for SOMA, and then really using that RFP process to see who has the capacity to do the work that SOMA needs and who has the community engagement opportunities to really help make a difference in their community.
1: I have to imagine that working with those CBOs really helps you tailor the, the message the, and the value proposition across different demographic considerations, whether urban or rural, inland or coastal. Is that part of how you figure out how to approach a group of customers in a given part of the state with the the program offerings?
2: All of the above. And that also includes language recommendations or when we need to be using translations or what's gonna be working best. This year, we actually began our partnership with Self-Help Enterprise because they represent the Central Valley, which was an area that we we just didn't have as much presence as we like. We also have two staff members that are based out of there as well. The access that the CBOs have has been huge in what we've been able to get out to communities. They come back to us and, and talk about events or presenting at local opportunities or housing, affordable housing uh, events and things like that. The relationship that we've built has been really great in terms of being dynamic for what the CBOs best bring and what's really unique about them and what, how so much can help their community best. And they've also given us substantial feedback in areas where they've come back in city because of COVID, here are some of the things that are happening to our community, here is where solar maybe isn't as big a priority, or here are things that you can do with the program to help make it more marketable to this community. And that's just been a really, really important part of our program.
1: I'd love to see if you could walk us through what a typical project looks like. Take us from start to finish, from identifying the the right customer to the outreach to the implementation and everything else.
2: Because the program is working to address more than just getting solar installed. It is a little bit more of a complicated program, but we worked really hard to provide as much support for property owners as well as contractors and tenants so that this is as easy as humanly possible the property owner has two ways that they can come into the program so one is that the property owner heard about soma or their development company heard about soma the program is required just for existing properties it can't be for new properties but the development company comes back and says we'd really like to get this program get solar on onto our program or onto our our housing And that property owner decides to go with the program. So they then reach out to us and those property owners then uh, submit a, a technical assistance request form, which is the free service that SOMA provides. And we have a specialized organization that does this called the Association for Energy Affordability. And they then walk the property owner through onboarding, through understanding how the incentive works, understanding how energy efficiency works and how to maximize their energy efficiency before even getting the solar system on, how to understand um, working with contractors. And we even have a contractor bidding tool where property owners input a certain amount of information with the help of our team and the contractors and bid for the, the right to do the project for them. and. That removes this ansel barrier for a lot of property owners where they may not have the staff time to research all of this or to figure out how solar goes on to multifamily. It's a complicated process. Our team walks them through and then they go through working with uh or get connected to a contractor once they select the bid that they prefer. And then we walk them and the contractor through the remaining part of the application process. At that same point, that a property owner could, already know a contractor or have been approached by a contractor because we do have tools for contractors to directly market to property owners. Contractor kind of comes in as the one who's applying for the program and applies on behalf of the property owner. In both of those instances, you, you get to the next step of the process, which is an energy efficiency requirement. So before the system can get installed, The contractor and property owner work on the size of the system, what it's going to look like, and how they can maximize the energy efficiency to get the most efficient and beneficial solar program that they can. From there, the contractor or property owner sort of managing the application process continues on to a few internal milestones that we have around paperwork, around eligibility, making sure that the property meets the specific requirements that we have for the program then the installation begins and usually either around or before the installation is when the contractor finds their tenants or their job trainees. So now has a whole job training team that partners with job training organizations and then connects with the contractors or the contractor can work with the property owner to market on the property and get tenants to apply for those positions. Those and those positions are everything from management to the very technical solar side of things so it doesn't necessarily have to be someone who has extensive experience in solar installation. Then the property owner and contractor begin working with the tenants so they understand what's going to be happening to their bills they start understanding why the construction is going to be happening why the solar is set up the way that it is and what their opportunities are to participate with it i also work with tenants to ensure that tenants and property owners are aware that there can be no financial offset for property owners to recoup the cost of the system property owners sign an affidavit that the tenants will not have their rent raised, that they there won't be additional fees incurred at any point in time by the tenants in order to offset the cost of this. That's what the incentive goes towards. Once the system has actually been completed, we do an inspection checking to make sure that the solar is installed and that it's the size that it's supposed to be. And for work, then we get to issue an incentive payment that either goes to the property owner or the contractor, depending on the kind of program that they set up. Then we get to start hearing the stories of the job trainees of the tenants that um, got to learn about solar. And now we're, since the program is so young, we're just starting to see what the the financial benefits going to be looking like for Senate bills, what percentage of their bills are gonna get reduced. And as we know for California, energy bills are one of the biggest burdens on a traditional household. So tenants are getting to see that financial benefit and likewise, so does the property owner what we've ended up seeing is that the bulk of property owners have allocated closer to 80% of the system to tenant benefits. Only 51% is required. We've actually seen a much higher percent allocated, which is just really exciting. And we've had positive feedback from property owners about the job training requirement. Within the first few years, we've received 400 applications, which means 775 job training opportunities and about 53,000 job hours. In terms of the opportunity and benefit that's created there, it's just particularly exciting for us, but there's also our stakeholder and partnership engagement, which is I work with local governments on co-marketing for the program, but I also work with other programs that may may be setting up something similar to SOMA or maybe doing energy efficiency programs so that we can be uh, co-marketing and working together early and getting people into either a city or a state or a county energy efficiency program or say a regional energy network energy efficiency program at the same time that they're working on SOMA so that they are getting those dual benefits and that their solar system is then based off of the energy efficiency benefits that they're getting from, say, the Bay Area regional energy network or that they're getting from the, the switches on program, which is an electrification program. So we're really working on crossing some of those barriers that exist between the silos of programming like this and helping to make so that people who are coming in to participate in these programs are aware of just how many other programs they can align it with to really just get a huge benefit on their property.
1: Can you share any lessons learned or insights gained from some of the real world experience of actually working through these projects in practice rather than just in theory?
2: I oversee our monitoring and evaluation as well as some of our external reporting and we do have an external reporter from the California Public Utilities Commission that has done two evaluations on us so far and given us feedback. Some of the other ways that we do that is through public forums. We do surveys and focus groups that have helped us understand what property owner challenges have been, what contractor challenges have been, but that also really helped us to kind of look at what, how can SOMA be part of post-COVID recovery? So, so many local governments right now are looking at what are the ways to do economic boosting and greening initiatives to help them meet their climate action plans. That was actually really helpful over the last year to start to understand how SOMA can partner with local governments to be able to help them meet those goals. Some of the other lessons learned have really been around what property owners need and what contractors need. What we've seen is that smaller property owners and smaller contractors contractors have had a a harder time breaking into the program. That's one of the key areas that we're focusing our research on this year is how do we remove barriers for smaller properties, for properties that are in the Central Valley, properties that are in the Calendar screen disadvantaged communities to participate in the program, especially even with the the amount of support that we offer, that there may still be other barriers that are keeping them from having the time and capacity to focus on something that can feel like a luxury. Uh, even though we we know and we like to think that this is essential when property owners are faced with eviction moratoriums getting lifted or are faced with, with mass layoffs and tenants not having financial stability, we've learned a lot from COVID in terms of the multitude of challenges that property owners are facing and just how much they have to juggle in trying to make everything work. That's helped us see, okay, what are the other ways that we can be removing barriers? And we're actually going to be having focus groups try and address some of those barriers. Similar with contractors, that how do we get smaller contractors to have these opportunities? How do we also get contractors to be hiring not just job trainees, but how can we encourage hiring from the community that they're installing on? Even if they are a companies out of San Francisco or LA that they're installing a property in Fresno, and they hire their local staff, not just the job trainees, but, but some of the, the local staff from those areas so that the economic boost is going beyond just those job trainees. Then looking at additional components there. So we really want to see these programs go into the areas where everyone's going to be facing the the greater climate. Challenges. Solar can really help reduce that client burden, but then also the financial burden of their energy bills. So those are probably two of the biggest takeaways. The other big takeaway is there are lots of programs. There's so much opportunity for synergy. How do we start building those pathways?
1: Can you share with our audience a little bit more about how energy efficiency and solar on-site generation can can work together to meet state goals?
2: That's what we we want to see and hope to see, and I'm I'm still learning this and get excited every time I, I hear about these these potential opportunities for for crossover. We have this energy efficiency requirement, and so that we've been talking to groups that are doing multifamily, so we're working with them to have it so that any multifamily property that comes in through them and is doing their energy efficiency requirement, we will accept the energy efficiency requirement to meet energy efficiency milestone. We're, we're really looking for where and how we can use that energy efficiency component that we require to help pair the program with, us, with other opportunities to increase that energy efficiency. Because we have this, this requirement, we know that it's best practice to have energy efficiency built into the program so that ideally all energy efficiency measures are addressed first to reduce the consumption on site before adding any renewable technologies. And so once you reduce that consumption, then you're able to to install a, a smaller system, save energy, and save money. That inclusion in our milestone and the required audit is our way of helping make sure that property owners are getting a system that, that fits their size best and that they're also getting all of the financial and, and environmental benefits of more energy efficient processes and systems. We're a support to other city county and and statewide initiatives that are really focused on energy efficiency and and so that we can layer together and help them meet their energy efficiency goals and likewise when projects come in through us that we can direct them to city or or county or regional energy network programs that might also help them meet that energy efficiency requirement
1: can you tell us what it takes to be eligible for the program and, and how as a tenant or as a property owner how you can participate in soma
2: SOMA has a few key requirements that we go through during the application process. First and foremost, that the property has at least five units. Second is that it is deed-restricted low-income residential housing. Third is that it does need to be an existing building or a retrofit. Fourth is that it has to have this virtual net metering with separately metered units. Each individual tenant is getting their own bill. Last is that it has to be one of two things, either located in that calendario screen defined disadvantaged community or eighty percent of the property residents have incomes at or below sixty percent of the area median income. Those are the the core components. And then obviously, as, as people get a hold of the summer program, we walk through and and talk to them about those those requirements and making sure that they are pretty sure that they those before going any further.
1: For anybody listening to know whether they're a contractor or a tenant or a property owner, what's the best way to get in touch with this program and get started?
2: at out slash property owners or slash contractors. We also have our contact inbox where we get back to people within roughly 24 hours and triage questions to the, the appropriate group. We also have webinars for both property owners and contractors. We host webinars on how to get engaged in the program, on how contractors can get qualified to become listed in our bidding tool. We have... We have webinars that walk through our Eligible Property Map, which is a a map of the state of California of likely eligible properties based on utility territory or based on disadvantaged community or based on climate zone. One of the most important things that I think think can be a a bit of a difference is that we have live people that are ready to talk to everyone. We have a property owner team, we have a contractor team, we have a tenant CBO team that happily we'll we'll talk through the ins and outs and the questions because this is a complicated program and it's better for us to have staff that are there to support than leave people wrapping their head and trying to understand what's happening so i recommend either calling us at the 858-244-1177 extension 5 which gets you to our main line or to the, the CalFEMA contact at CalSoma.org and then you'll get to our teams
1: Kaiza, thank you so much for coming on the show today, telling us about the SOMA program. And we wish you guys continued success in helping multifamily housing get access to solar resources.
0: Remember that reducing your energy use today means securing a safer, more affordable and sustainable tomorrow. For more information on energy efficiency opportunities that can help you save energy and money, visit SoCalRen.org or call 877-785-2237.